This is the good, the Baz, and the ugly. I'm the Baz. Well, that no, I'm Baz. That sounds weird if I go around calling myself the Baz. Anyway, uh, look, this podcast is filled with uncensored interviews with experts in particular fields or real-life stories from people who have inspiring personal tales to tell. It covers various topics and life stories that I've really dug, you know what I mean? And I think you'll dig them too. Just so you know, this podcast is for grown-ups. It may contain adult themes, sexual references, and strong language. Fuck yeah! No, I just wanted to. Sheet! Ladies and gentlemen, the story you're about to hear is true. Hold it now, wait, hold it. I know you're gonna dig this. I think the best thing for me to do is to introduce him. What the... What's his name? Baz Ashwami. It's not Baz Ashwami. It's Baz Ashwami. Welcome to uh, the good, the bass and the ugly. Uh, episode 18. So the only German I know is Deine Hunt is schwul, which means your your dog is gay, right? And Meine Hinden is too dick in mein Hosen, which means <laughs> does my bum look big in this? Those two sentences. Man, I navigated my I've way around one. Berlin, made a lot of new friends. Know what I'm saying? Back in the day. That, and all I needed was those. What kind of friends? I've got one. Oh, go, one go, sentence. John, John. Go, what have you got? Ich bin Einzelkind und ich habe viele Zuzigkeiten. Oh, I, I really like that, John John. What does that mean? I'm an only child and I've got a lot of sweets. Oh, <laughs> which is kind of terrifying, John John. Which you can probably, you're better off sticking with Dino Huntish Wool. You've a gay there's, there's, dog. A, there's a bang of Augustus gloop off. Yeah, it. it's a bit, it's a bit sketchy. But listen. Listen, all I was trying to tell people is you're very welcome. This is episode 18 of The Good, The Baz and The Ugly. Um, what can I tell you? We got a new coffee machine. Oh, yeah, baby. It's pretty nice. I haven't John. experienced it yet. No, you're going to be... Soon, soon, John, John. Soon you're going to be back in the We're office. preparing for your visit. Yes, back absolutely. In the absolutely. Red carpet. Listen, I want to get straight into it. I, I witnessed something pretty amazing during the week, right? And it was... I've had, we've been having awful problems with our two youngest, right? They were driving, they're fighting all the time, there are lots of crying in the morning, bitching going to bed, and they're pretty much driving us insane, right? So Tanya redid their sleep pattern, as in we pulled them back, one of them's going to bed, like both of them were going an hour earlier, but the build up to bedtime now, right, is... is uh, there's no screens whatsoever and usually because i get home late i usually be messing around with the girls i might be wrestling hannah at bedtime or we read or we have a bit of crack together all that's gone there's no crack the missus is like the fun police there's no fucking there's no crack in the house whatsoever (laughs) but but the girls are going to bed they were bitching about it a bit at the start because it's summertime right it's bright out there right so they're going to bed and it's looking like it's four o'clock in the afternoon they're going to bed an hour earlier. They're reading their comics or their books or whatever they're doing. Man, it's been two weeks. And I'm telling you, I'm astonished at the difference it's made. It's just, they're like different kids. They have a bit too much energy is the only complaint. But like they get up in the morning, they're happier. Their moods are better. They look better. Like it's just, I was blown away. And then me and John John, we were obviously chatting about sleep a lot. And like you you're like a vampire you're like a muslim vampire because you're a muslim and you're a vampire <laughs> honestly oh i can't be specific right you're like a, a female uh 
Vampirito. <laughs> What's vampire in Arabic? Oh, what is vampire in Arabic? Oh, are you even Egyptian? <laughs> Who are you? You don't have a. No, maybe it doesn't is, exist. There is, no, there is a word. I just can't remember the word. Come back to you anyway. Yeah. So my point is right that your sleep is terrible. Yes. Really, it's like awful. How much do you sleep? Maybe three, four hours a night. Fuck's sake, girl! Seriously, sort it out. I'm a superhero. No, that's nonsense. It's nonsense. Like really bad for your health. Our dad died like very young, and the man never slept. He was dead at fifty-two. Like really, like hello. See any patterns here? Yes. So, so no sleep is so important. I know I my sleep has been very bad, and I was like, John, John, help me. How do you sleep, John, John? I'm lucky that I'm a very good sleeper, and I've actually only of late began to acknowledge how lucky I am to be able to be a good sleeper. Uh, and I don't need as much, although I do get a lot of sleep because I sleep heavily. I probably can survive on like not not continuously but if I got six hours one night I'd be fine the next day but I but I notice kind of how if it's accumulative or whatever that it gets the better of you yeah so you see this is the thing like I for me said six hours I was like this is low for you like this for me is like yeah six hours would be very low for me yeah no this is bad but you drink coffee at five o'clock in the evening there you go. Honestly, like you're that's, just, that's, just you're not I, giving I, yourself I the best sorry chance. Sorry for you a minute ago before I heard that. Machine, so I have to try it every every hour. Yeah. Do you? Just to try all the coffees I got. Listen, <laughs> look, look, back away from the mic. Let me just tell you something, right? Let me just tell you something, right? Um, I, I, John, John, I said to you, find me someone, find me someone, and who did you find me? Alex Dimitri. That's right, you did. Alex Dimitri. What is, a name. Oh, listen, look. Alex is dual board certified in psychiatry and sleep medicine as a consultation psychiatrist. Listen, he has specialized in the complex interplay between the mind and body. In his work, he helps his patients optimize peak performance by day and peak restorative sleep by night. He's been internationally recognized by the likes of the New York Times, Men's Health, uh, Cosmopolitan, uh, Psychology Today, NBC News, among loads and loads of other media. Alex also serves as a medical reviewer for Business Insider, the Sleep Foundation, and in contributing order to the Encyclopedia of Sleep Medicine. In other words, he is the feckin' man when it comes to sleep. He was amazing. Like, all of us found, like, chatting to him really, like, honestly benefited me so much. And it's helped me with my sleep, like, 150%. I hope it can help you too, maybe. This is that chat. I'm so delighted to get you because ages ago I said to John John and Mahi, find me an expert on sleep because I really want to do an episode on sleep. And it took a long time, but eventually the guys got you. So I'm delighted for you to be on the podcast. I have to say that to begin with. Yeah. Thank you so much. Because people can't see you. You're a very George Clooney looking doctor. I saw the name. Dim- can you pronounce your surname? It's Dimitri. I was expecting some beardy, kind of slightly overweight man. Um, uh, some Aristotle, some Aristotle looking dude. You're not that's him at all. Like, you're not. very LA. I try. Well, yeah, I try. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I think uh, as best I can, I try to get my beauty sleep as well. And yeah, you, whatever and you're I, doing, it works. So I want to hear everything. So I, I hope I can share very... that with some of your listeners. <laughs> I want to start at the beginning. So I suppose the simple thing, why, why do we sleep? the stupidest question as that is so sleep is fascinating i don't even know where to begin because there's so much to say about it um if you think about it 
sleep from an evolutionary standpoint is kind of useless, right? It's dangerous. The, you know, the, the caveman that has to sleep is vulnerable. The cavewoman that's sleeping is vulnerable, prone to attack. You're not foraging. You're not mating. You're not procreating. And you're just like, you know, vulnerable to the world, not doing, not building huts, not, you know, plowing the fields either. So there's something about it in evolution that's really important that's kept it around. We like to think that evolution keeps things around that are really important, perhaps with the exception of your appendix. Mm -hmm. So sleep for many people is, I think it's like the ultimate spa for the human brain. Your brain recharges, your brain gets to like consolidate memories, prepare for different situations, rehearse things. And that is a superpower these days, I think, when more than any other part of our body, our brains are so essential. And sleep is basically like a spa for the human brain. No. They're your, 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 the your assistants with you. Yeah. Your, your children, you're, they're fine. They're, they're, listen, trust me, honestly, that's fine. <laughs> they can pep in whenever they like. Um, tell me this, Alex, is, what, are, what are the different stages of sleep then? So the sleep, sleep, there's like, so there's basically an easy way to think of it. There's light sleep, there's deep sleep, and then there's REM sleep. Yep. The three different types, right? So light sleep, see it this way. It's like, if you're going to go to the gym, you know, there's like, you know, walking to the treadmill and then being on a treadmill. The workout, you know, light sleep is like, you know, you're sitting, you're hanging around the gym, you're kind of ready to do something. Deep sleep is like, you're actually doing deep sleep, right? So the first half of the night, you're always getting deep sleep. You know, it's in, you know, you're in deep sleep if you're really hard to wake up. A lot of, a lot of kids, the first three hours of the night, you can't wake them up because they're in deep sleep. Yeah. And that the brain is just out. People know they're in deep sleep. I've had times like, you know, you're flying, the alarm rings at like 3 a.m. And it takes you almost like a minute to understand what time it is. You know, that feeling of like your brain's just offline. It's like stopped. So that's deep sleep. And then towards the morning, you get a little bit more REM sleep. And REM sleep is the dream sleep. Now, what's interesting is REM sleep looks a lot like people on psychedelics, actually. So different parts of your brain light up and all this like cool stuff happens, but your brain is testing out new theories. It's testing out like random connections. Like, Hey, what happens if there's like a flying elephant that's uh, purple? You know what I mean? You guys like purple flying elephant. Um, so, so you got like, you know, you got the REM sleep is like your brain testing out new things and also rehearsing a lot of emotional stuff. There's good data that they've shown that REM sleep is almost like therapy. Your brain doing its own therapy work. And the more REM sleep you can get, the better. My missus, right? Like, I, I, she goes to bed early, and I go a couple of hours later. And every night when I'm getting into bed, or if she hears anyone in the house, she just goes, who's that? Who's that? Now, I don't know who she else she thinks is getting into bed with her at 12 o'clock every night, but but she so, sleeps so light. Like, it's, it's you, you, like, I literally go into the room sometimes on all fours, rolling, like, it's it's like it's pathetic looking, but I have to do this to not wake her. Why why, why do some people sleep well and other people are always kind of like it's like they have one eye open nearly? Yeah, so you because you, you just said it. You know what I mean? It's because some people sleep with one eye open, and to me, the way I look at it, light sleep, I've called it like battlefield sleep, right? There's some people that have anxiety. So anxiety definitely makes people alert and vigilant. And being anxious gives you a sleep that's kind of like lighter, more like um, reactive, more jumpy, like, hey, what's that noise? What's going on there? I tell my patients, it's like, it's the kind of sleep you would get if you were at war. You know what I mean? Like any little thing and you're up and like, whoa, 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 what's going on? And even for those people, I think, you know, they get some sleep, but it probably takes them longer to fall asleep. There's people that kind of think a little too much before bed. Anxiety is a, is a weird thing because so many people are like, hey, I'm not anxious. But you ask a room full of people, do you think too much and can you stop yourself? 
And suddenly the answer is like, well, no, I can't. Mm. And I think a lot of these things, especially as you're falling asleep, definitely, you know, crawl out of the woodwork. So you got people that like, you know, as they're trying to get off to bed, they're starting to think about stuff, they're planning things, and they're just vigilant. But that level of vigilance, I think, depends on your anxiety. I think, to me, I look at a lot of people on a spectrum of like being really, being really awake to being really sleepy. And anxious people are more on the awake side. Okay. A lot of these people will also tell you that they can't nap no matter what they do. There are people that like, you could be exhausted. You slept four hours last night. We'll say, Boz, here, here's a bed for you. Take a nap. And you're lucky if you can get 10 minutes of shut-eye. Because I, you see, I was chatting to a friend of mine recently and I know I don't sleep enough. Like I know that, I know, I know I'm supposed to sleep between what, seven and eight or eight, eight and nine hours or something like that. Is it, what, what, what's the recommended amount to sleep every night? I think anything more than seven hours is pretty good. Anything more than nine hours is too much. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I think it's also important for people not to get too stressed out about sleep. I think as soon as somebody puts this idea in your head that, oh, you got to get eight hours. And if you don't get eight hours, if you don't get eight hours, then, you know, your sleep's not going to be right. Or the problem when you put so much pressure on it is it gets worse. The harder you force it, the more you stress out all day. Oh my God, I got to sleep. Oh my God, I only slept six hours. The worse it's going to be. So it's really important to kind of like chill a little bit with it. But you also, I think there's a great book by Matthew Walker, Why We Sleep. And he really brings up this point of like creating the opportunity for sleep. You know, it's one thing when like, you know, you squeeze it so tight and you say, oh, I can't fall asleep. I only had five hours and I didn't sleep. That's not right. You got to give yourself like a window of sleep. And I think seven, eight hours of a chance to sleep is adequate. Because if you sleep less, like, does your body get used to that? Because like my, myself and my friend that were chatting, he's been sleeping like four or five hours. I probably sleep about five hours. I'd say six if I'm lucky. Like, does your body get used to less sleep? I wish I could say the case is yes, but I, I think the case is no. And I think what, keep, what I think what I often hear from people is that there's some dudes that sleep like, you know, five hours a night, but then you find out that they drink like six coffees a day. Okay. You know, there's also, I think people that are so busy. When should you stop drinking coffee? No, no coffee past noon. Coffee's Dude. got about a six hour half-life. What that means is like, if you drank 20 ounces at, at lunch by 6 PM, it's like drinking 10 ounces. Okay. And by midnight, it's like drinking five ounces. Right. And who would you ever drink five ounces at midnight? No, but going to bed like that is not good. And I think what also fools a lot of people with coffee is that I've met many guys that are like, oh, I could drink coffee for dinner and sleep just fine. Your sleep is shallow. There's a difference between sleep quality and sleep quantity. So even though you got seven hours of sleep, it might not be good. If someone was, and this could be wrong, you can correct me, but someone was talking to me about coffee and they were saying, you know, you, you go out for a meal and maybe it's seven o'clock and, you know, they have a coffee afterwards and you have a coffee. Say you're drinking coffee late into the day. How damaging it is to your sleep you won't really know unless you compared one version of you the next day with another version of you the next day. Like one is incredibly a lot more on it and their brain activity is working at a completely different level to the person who drank just that extra cup of coffee. Would that be right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Because so what that cup of coffee is going to do is it's going to give you light sleep all night. So you're not getting any of your deep sleep for your memory. You're not getting any REM sleep for your emotions. And yeah, you, you were out for seven hours, but... Uh, that person may be more, may have more trouble remembering facts, may have a little bit more of the tip of the tongue phenomenon. Like what's that word I'm trying to think of? Where did I put my keys? Th that kind of stuff. That's all, that's all sleep related. And I've got to tell you, even people with dementia that I've treated here, when you get them sleeping better, melatonin works like a charm for older people. Their memory gets better. Their behavior gets better. They're less like agitated and impulsive. 
So whether you're young or old, it makes a, a world of difference. Someone said to me, there's a four hour cycle. You sleep in four hour cycles. Yeah, but that yeah. Didn't so there is some evidence that human beings might have slept in two shifts um, where, they would, where they would basically uh, wake up in the middle of the night, put some wood on the fire, make love and fall back asleep. They said somewhere around the, the industrial revolution, that was the thing to do in the middle of the night. And that might have to do with... Oh, I'm missing out because all I'm doing about, uh, in the middle of the night is going to the bathroom and coming back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, it. so, uh, you know, you got you to gotta think about sleep quality also. And I think too much caffeine too late in the day definitely messes it up. Okay. You got to check the rest of your health stuff out. If you've got high blood pressure, if you've got elevated cholesterol, if you have trouble losing weight, if any of that stuff is going on that, and, you're, and you're sleeping five hours, the five-hour sleep is not working for you. Okay. Okay. And I got to tell you, I've seen so many young, young people come in and see me also where they would say, doc, I think I have Alzheimer's. I can't remember anything. I'm forgetful. I'm impulsive. I'm inattentive. What's going on with me? I sleep six hours a night, by the way. Bam. There's nothing wrong with your prostate. There's nothing wrong with your Alzheimer's. There's none of that. Your brain just doesn't get enough sleep. And what's interesting, they showed people after a while almost don't realize how much sleep they're missing. And that part was pretty crazy. But they said that like, you know, they forced a bunch of college kids to sleep another hour. With, and the kids had no complaint to begin with. And they all, a month later, said they were a lot better, wow. even though they didn't know they could be. So tell me this, just as just a complete on a side note. What's your what's your hour? I love I love how you're schooling your kids while doing an interview. It's, just, I, I it's very impressive. Down. I wish they could see it. Honestly, it's just, he's he's answering a question and silently he's got... The problem is that they, they, they hear us having too much fun. It's yeah, they it's great. They, it's they they brilliant. They think it's like playtime. Please stop. Seriously, stop. So listen, before you before you go to bed, is there do you have a route not you, but is there a routine that you should abide by to set yourself up for good sleep? Like is watching the box till twelve o'clock and then going to bed, is that that's okay, is it? Or is that engagement in a screen, is that bad for you, you know? You know, screens in general are not so good. Especially interactive screens. Interactive just raises the ante a whole other level because now you can surf, click, and, and see stuff. Yeah. TV, probably a little better because it's passive, but if you really want to be you know, strict on the matter, like even TV emits blue light. And blue light is not good for your melatonin at night that like, makes it harder to fall asleep. But besides even all that, you can't get too excited before bed. You know, I've worn these like heart rate monitors through the night. If I get into an argument with my lady, if I'm stressed about something, my heart rate stays elevated much high, like longer through the night than otherwise. So you don't want to get too excited at night. You want to start doing mellow things like chilling out like two hours before bed. Ideally, you know, you're watching TV, you're at, at best, the, the best thing to actually do is to read. Okay. I can't tell you enough. If yeah. you want to find out if you're sleep deprived, pick up a book in your bedroom and try reading for, I don't know, a half hour. If you're asleep in 10 minutes, you're sleep deprived. And that reading, I'll be honest, I think is the best way to, to actually see, to, to, to help yourself fall asleep. Yeah. You know the way you you tell yourself narratives, and the one you hear all the time is, "Oh, well, you see, I'm a morning person, or I'm a night person. I've always defined myself as a night person. Never like getting up in the mornings, and always love the late hours." You know, but is that a real thing, or is that just something we tell totally, ourselves? Totally, guys, and, and there's a reason for it. Also, there are totally night owls and morning types out there. The evolutionary basis for this, they thought, was like back in the back in our caveman times. There were some people, you, you needed shift coverage to make sure you didn't get attacked by the wolves. So you had dudes that wanted to stay up later in the night and they would sleep in later in the morning. And then you had the guys that went to bed early, the, the, the caveman people that went to bed early in the night would wake up at like 4 a.m. and like watch the fort. Okay, okay. So most people, I think, I think there's like more night owls than morning types. Yeah. But what's interesting, I think a lot of, a lot of successful, and please fact check me on this, 
But some of the more successful people tend to be morning types, I think. Talk to me about sleep and memory. Oh, my God. So they've done all these cool tests where, like, they'll, they'll have you, we'll teach you a bunch of word pairs right now. You know what I mean? Like, memorize these 20 word pairs. I say apple, you say honey. I say door, you say not. Right. So on and so on. Um, we'll, we'll test you until you learn it well. And then one group of people, we let them sleep. The other group of people, we don't let them sleep. The people that slept remember more words when they woke up. Your memories, it's like they, they get moved from like the temporary storage into permanent storage while you're sleeping. And for anybody studying for an exam, preparing for anything or whatever, that's just like, it's, it's like so essential to get good sleep. They, they've even shown that it's important to get good sleep before you study. A lot of kids cram before exams and before finals in college. And usually they're like underslept even in the study process. You, by getting good sleep, you almost like free up your memory to learn new stuff. Okay. And people that don't sleep enough, and especially deep sleep, that's really the one that really locks stuff in. That's a lot of like, um, a, a lot of like uh, semantic memory. It's like locking in like facts and figures and things like that. All slow wave dependent. And that's the first, the first half of your night. Because Alex, I can't, I can't sleep straight. Do you sleep straight? Do you just go to bed and wake up seven hours later? No, no. So for me, my, my issue is I, I get too excited about stuff and I wake up too early. You know what I mean? So I'll sleep about six hours. And after that, I'm kind of like up and about like, hey, what's next? And I've thought about, you know, is this anxiety? Is this anything like that? And, and the reality is, I think for me, uh, I, I'm just too excited about things. You know what I mean? My brain starts thinking, hey, what can we do next? Yeah. Like, what is there to look forward to today? You know what I mean? It's not worries. It's just like excitement. I'm kind of chomping at the bit. Yeah. And I definitely could sleep another hour. And I definitely feel better when I do. Do you, do you grab a nap? Is that like, does that count? You know, the naps are good, but you got to keep them short. The, uh, the thing that for me has been really helpful, um, I, I think if we can learn to meditate. Meditation, I think, is your best bet at being able to fall back asleep when you wake up. The thing you don't want to do when you wake up, you don't want to grab a phone, you don't want to pick up your laptop. I have some patients that middle of the night will wake up and they'll be like, oh, I can't sleep, so I'll just do some work. I've been doing it lately and it's, it's killing me. I think it's yeah. literally killing me. You yeah, know, the problem is you're rewarding yourself for not sleeping. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anytime, it's like the Pavlovian conditioning kind of thing, you know, Pavlov and his dogs, right? If you condition your brain to like, you know, get stuff done, be productive, if you can't sleep, as soon as you wake up, your brain is wide awake and it's not going to fall back asleep. You know, so you got to be careful what you do when you wake up. You got to wake up slowly. Um, reading or meditating, I, I swear, I think meditation, if you can, so everybody sucks at meditation. We know this. If you've ever driven a car, you weren't great at it in the beginning. You kept at it and you got better, right? Meditation is the same thing. The advice that for me has been most useful is like, you need to see meditation as like, the simple act of practicing the, the muscle of clearing your mind. We know you're going to have monkey mind. We know you're going to think about a million things. We know you're going to be wondering, am I doing this right? Am I breathing right? Am I sitting right? All good thoughts. Let them go. The more, you, the better you can get at letting those thoughts go, the, the, the better, the easier it'll be for you to fall back asleep when the thoughts start going in the middle of the night. So tell me this, Alex. Is there... <laughs> I wish you could see. It's just... Him pointing at people and them getting <laughs> very quiet. They're in trouble. Yeah, it's too late. Yeah, it's, it this is up. I guys can't are, Look, I can't go like. Yeah, it's too late. Bro. I'm gonna hurt my back. I need mean, Vicky's help Children. to lower it. Don't worry, man. You're whistling. You're whistling in the wind, Alex. You're whistling in the wind. I, I live this world every day. It's not. It's no problem. Um, tell me this: Is there a best way? like for me to set myself up for the night as in like is there certain foods that i eat that can that can um that can set you off or keep you awake or is there do you get me is there is there certain things that 
that I'm doing wrong apart from the meditation maybe? Do you think there's other things I can do? So you, generally speaking, some of the healthiest old ladies I've ever seen were the ones that didn't eat anything after the sunset. You know what I mean? Sure, different foods, all that is fine. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you, you, you got you, you to gotta just not eat close to bedtime. Because I would have thought that, you know, you could eat a big meal and that would set you off to sleep. No, it's the opposite, is it? Uh, you'd be surprised. I think a lot of things would make you sleepy, but your actual sleep quality is going to be terrible. You'd see your, your sleep quality won't be good. You'll wake up. Like, think about it. Like, your body wants to rest, and instead of that, it's got to digest like the giant turkey you just ate. Yeah. You're giving your body work to do when it wants to, like, shut down. One of my pet peeves is, like, I wake up in the middle of the night and I, you'll hear me going down the stairs and eating peanut butter sandwiches at like three o'clock in the morning. I love peanut butter too. Honestly, but it's it's That's just, just the worst thing I butter. could do for my sleep, is it really? Kinda kinda slightly, yeah. And the problem is also I, I joke with some of my friends also, like some people are like it's called the the, the eight hundred calorie midnight binge. You know what I mean? It's the, or the eight hundred calorie kitchen flyby that totally did not need to happen. You know what I mean? Like you just you passed out on the couch, you woke up, you decided, oh well let me, let me turn off the lights in the kitchen. Yeah. And that turns into like a meal. But as far as you're waking up and having peanut butter sandwiches, you're rewarding yourself for not sleeping. Yeah. Think about it. Somewhere in your subconscious, you're going to get the message that, hey, all right, we're awake. Let's go get some food. And your brain is in a habit as well where you go, oh, it's our three o'clock snack time. Come on, let's yeah. go. And you're like, okay, this is this is who I am. This is what I do, you know. Um, how, how are sleep and psychiatry integrated? Can I back up and tell you something cool about yeah, patients? Yeah, please do. You know what? You know what's amazing? That's pretty. That's pretty awesome. People that are tired are more bingy. So being exhausted makes you more. Uh, it, it definitely messes with your impulse control. Really? So this is some cool stuff. But if you think about it, a lot of people I work with that have eating disorders. Everything gets worse at night. A lot of people that uh, watch any, anything anything indulgent that you do tends to happen more likely in the evening than in the morning. Listen, absolutely. It. Right. So the problem is like sleep, kind of like because it recharges your frontal lobes. Your frontal lobes are the thing that we have that lets us say no to stuff. So the problem I see a lot of people is like the tired, the more tired you get from lack of sleep, you're, you're up at night watching cat videos and you're like, all right, all right, just 30 more and I'm done. And then you end up like 30 more and 30 more and 30 more. And the lack of sleep causes the impulsivity and the impulsivity then causes the lack of sleep. And the binge eating is the ultimate example of that. Waking up in the middle of the night, of course, you're kind of like half asleep. Yeah, food, great, give me. And, and that, that just perpetuates itself. Yeah. God, it's like you're in my uh, kitchen, man. It, that's, that's me all over. So tell me this, how are sleep and psychiatry uh, integrated? How, how, how does that work? They are both about the brain. And what I mean by that is like everything, it, day and night are intertwined, totally intertwined. Your brain recharges at night. Your brain, a lot of all the neurotransmitters that we work with in psychiatry, dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine, you name it, brain-derived neurotropic factor, all happen at night. That stuff is like essential. You, you could take any ordinary Joe off the street, sleep deprive them from, for three days, and you'll see ADHD, you'll see anxiety, you'll see impulse control, and you'll see something that looks like depression. I think for a lot of people, it's almost hard to tell, like, am I tired or am I depressed? Because those two can look very similar. You know, wow. the, the big difference, and again, this is not clinically validated, this is just something I see in my work. Usually sleep deprived people, you ask them, hey, do you wanna do stuff? Or, or like, the, the tired person would tell you, yeah, you know, I'd love to go to the gym, I'd love to go to dinner, but man, I'm tired. The depressed person will tell you, I don't want to do that stuff in the first place. Okay. But there's a lot of overlap because being tired, you're dragging, you're dragging all day. You know what I mean? You're not excited about stuff. You're kind of like mad, mopey, and being sleep deprived also because of that impulse control thing makes you more anxious. 
Because now it's like, don't think about that email your boss sent you. Don't think about that thing that your, your spouse said the other day, you know? And you start looping on stuff. So for me, I got to tell you, we've had amazing outcomes here because we do both. Because I've seen so many, so many other, other patients treated, you know, where they just focused on their daytime symptoms. And nobody realizes that this guy's got sleep apnea or this guy, you know, can't fall asleep. Or this guy, you know, gets only five hours of sleep a night. I'm looking at my sister here. My sister goes to bed at what time do you go to bed at? Roughly, one o'clock, two o'clock, one o'clock? One thirty. and she gets up at five, yeah. right? And she does that all week. And then the weekend comes and she sleeps huge hours at the weekend. Can she do that? Is it okay to catch up on sleep like that? Or is that madness? Better than nothing, you know what I mean? It's still better to catch up sometime. Ideally, you're, you're caught up as you go, ideally, yeah. yeah. You know, um, that kind of, zig she's a pretty good sleeper, I think that means, who just doesn't get enough sleep. Because the, there's also people that can't sleep during the week, and then on the weekend, it's hard for them to catch up. They don't, they can't sleep more than eight hours. You know, younger people usually can sleep a lot more, but um, you kind of want to keep it steady. It likes the sleep likes rhythm. You know, all that boring stuff. Yeah, it likes regular bedtimes, regular wake times. You know, no big meals before bed, yeah. and no boozing it up before you go to sleep either. My mother, my mother's convinced she has a glass of red wine every evening, and it helps her nod off. She thinks, but. I, She's full of shit, yeah, isn't she? You know, it's okay, you can say she is. A little bit yeah. moderate. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. Maybe, I maybe. It. You know, and even then, like we say, like two hours before bed, you should kind of not be drinking. You know, if you're going to bed buzzed, bad news. You know what I mean? Even the people that don't go to bed buzzed. Like, if you drink enough, like most hangovers really result from the fact that you're just not getting good sleep at all. And I think three quarters of a hangover the next day is because you got terrible sleep the night before, plus all the chemicals you, you ingested with the alcohol. You know, but I think in very light moderation, it's okay for people that drink more than a glass or two at night, keep it as far from bedtime as possible. You know, ideally two, three hours before. And I think for every casual drinker, you know, that has a glass or two of wine, hydrate before sleep, you know, and have it far enough before sleep so that you're not running to the bathroom all night. Are there any little, um, like CBD oil or is there, is there kind of natural kind of things you can take to help with your sleep that that's good that you'd recommend? So a couple of like easy, easy favorites. Um, <clears throat> so there's uh, magnesium. Magnesium is a pretty good uh, supplement that kind of like actually has like a muscle relaxing property. It has the effect of like calming people down a bit. But that doesn't so that send you off to sleep. It just gives you a thicker sleep, does it? But also for some people, it kind of has a, like, a, like a common effect and that can help. Um, besides that, there's ashwagandha, which is a, a cool Indian herb, uh, which also has been shown to like reduce stress hormones and kind of for some people, it has like a sleep-inducing effect. What's that called? Ashwagandha. That if you, for anybody interested in any supplement, I'll always tell you: go on Google, type in the name of your supplement, and add the term PubMed. P-U-B-M-E-D. What that does is it gives you scientific trials. You get to see, hey, 100 dudes took ashwagandha and 100 didn't. Here's what happened to them, you know, on their sleep metrics or whatever. So I, I'm a big fan of research. And yeah, stuff. yeah. If there's good data for it, I'm in. Um, if there, if it doesn't cause any harm, I'm into. Yeah. But I also like to see some benefit. CBD is an interesting thing. Um, I've had high, you know, I've had fancy corporate patients of mine that swore by the stuff. And then I've had, you know, the most random, you know, college kid tell me that it did nothing. And it's that placebo thing where you're like, I don't know, did it help me? Like, yeah. Maybe, yeah. you know, if you believe it, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe that's half the battle half the time. So you're, um, you're, on, you're onto something interesting uh, with that. Yeah. Because yeah. they did this really disturbing study where they showed, they put a, they put a watch on people that like in the morning would randomly tell you how well you slept. 
So it had no, no bearing whatsoever on like how you actually slept. And then they, then they asked Baz throughout the day, like, hey, how did you, you, know, how did you feel at noon? How did you feel in the evening? And guess what? If we told you you were tired and you slept poorly, I'm sorry, if we told you you slept poorly, then the whole rest of the day you felt like crap, okay. irrespective of how you actually slept. So there is, the power of the mind is tremendous and you got to be careful where you aim it. Because if, uh, if you convince yourself the wrong things, that's Yeah, you have to be careful. Um, tell me this, um, we were talking earlier on and some uh, uh, Mahi was saying to me, do, do, do I dream? And I was like, I used to dream. I don't, I don't remember now. Do we dream less as we get older or, or, or do I just not remember? Or am I too busy eating peanut butter sandwiches to dream or what's going on? So yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes to all of the above. As we get older, we do dream a little bit less. Um, the, the issue also, if you're sleeping five hours a night, so you got to think of it this way, your body's, your brain is definitely going to get its slow wave sleep because that's like completely mandatory for your survival. REM sleep is a bit, a bit more sacrificable. So your brain basically says, well, we got five hours of sleep. We need, we need three hours of deep sleep or two hours of deep sleep. And maybe there's room for some dreaming in there. So you definitely dream. Um, definitely as we get older, we dream less. And your brain is actually designed to delete your memory of the dream because another cool thing I read was like, if we didn't, your, your life would turn into like a bit of a shamanic blur where you don't know where the dream ends and life begins. So you don't remember all your dreams. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like it's kind of designed, the system, quote unquote, is designed for you not to. And if you want to remember a dream, just have somebody wake you up. You know what I mean? Like if somebody woke you in the morning, you'd probably remember some dream content. The other trick for men is uh, men get a morning erection. The morning erection is always happening in REM sleep. So if you're wondering whether or not you dream or not, you know, th there is at least for men some way to tell. Um, and the, and anything to throw happens, into that, that John, John? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing, no. As a matter of fact, they yeah. used to do that for, for men that were, that were unsure whether or not it worked. Back in the day before, you know, we had more advanced techniques of checking this, there'd be a guy that came to see his doctor. He'd say, you know, hey, I'm having trouble with my erection. Can't, can't seem to get it up. One of the things they do is they would do a sleep study on them. And during the sleep study, they would actually photograph the member to confirm that it is capable, at least the plumbing works, of an erection. Wow. What happens in REM sleep? That's one of the gifts of dreaming. Jesus, I really need to work on my dreaming. Same for women, by the way, but there's less measurable. Uh, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be scary. That, that would be a different movie altogether. Might be a Tanya, your erection is keeping me awake here. Like, um, that would be a very different conversation. Um, aside from <laughs> erections and blue light, uh, will you sleep better if you leave like your phone or devices or stuff like that. Do you, do you just leave it downstairs? Do you just, is that a better way to, to... Yes, but good luck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. Put the pile of, you know, put the pile of crack somewhere further away from the bed. <laughs> so that God forbid if you wake up suddenly and it's like, hey, well, it's just too easy to grab it and start doinking around on the internet, yeah, you know? Yeah. What are the most common things people come to you complaining about regarding sleep? It comes in a variety of flavors because there, there's two big elephants in the world of sleep. There's basically insomnia and sleep apnea. Those are the two really big things that people got. Sleep apnea. So what is that? That's like pauses in your breathing at night. That's like, you know, your, your bed partner will say you snored like a locomotive. You went on a, you stayed in a hotel with friends. They're like, dude, we can't sleep with you. You're, you're like loud. Um, the key thing, I think you, you want to check people for sleep apnea. That, that's the, the two that I see often. Sleep apnea, you can kind of do a quick and dirty test. There's apps now. One that I like to use often is called Snorlab. It records audio all night. Why is that important? It's, it's like a quick and dirty sleep study. Listen, it does not replace a sleep study, but you can hear how you sound when you're snoring. You don't have to trust your wife to tell you. And 
If you listen to the recording, you can hear if you're breathing well, right? If there's pauses in your breathing and complete silence, that's not good. That's apnea. Okay. Um, for a lot of people also, uh, you know, when, when using an app like Snorlab will help them understand why they woke up. Because it's like if you listen, if you, every night you wake up at 4 a.m., right? You're like, why? Why does this happen? If you record it, you might actually be able to catch yourself breathing or not breathing. And a lot of times you can snort yourself awake. That happens. You just don't remember it when you wake up. Okay. You're just awake and you're like, I don't know what happened. Sleep apnea also shows up in people as like tossing and turning constantly through the night. There's people that don't fully wake up, but they're like just awake enough to roll over, fall back asleep, roll over, fall back asleep. It's like, I think I woke up like seven times. And also a lot of people pee a lot during the night when they have sleep apnea. They're like, why am I going to the bathroom three times? That's usually sleep apnea. The other big thing I see is insomnia. So it's, it helps to think of it as like sleep apnea is like a qualitative problem with sleep. Like the quality of the sleep is messed up by constant awakenings because you don't breathe well. And then insomnia is a qualitative is a is a is a qualitative problem. It's kind of like you, you go to bed, your your sleep is like it's hard to fall asleep. You wake up too early, or if you wake up, it's hard to fall back asleep. Because it's so, so awful. You know, it like it like I I don't have insomnia obviously, but but any time I've had those nights where I just can't sleep, it's torture, isn't it? Like like if you put yeah. that over a prolonged um, period of time, that shit oh. would just drive you insane. Like. For sure. Sure. People start, people start like really go, like breaking down if they don't sleep enough for a long period of time. The last thing you want in a person with insomnia to get is stressed out about their insomnia. That, that's like the opposite. That makes it worse. The more that insomnia person can say, hey, I'll be all right. Look, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to read. And you know what? I'm going to lay in bed quietly for three hours and I'm going to just breathe. And, and maybe I'm going to try to meditate. You know what I mean? And, and if I can fall asleep, that's good. And if I can't, that's okay. I, I misspoke. It's not three hours. Usually we'll tell people after 20 minutes, of not being able to fall asleep, get out of bed, go sit in another room with a dim light and a book and read a little bit. And when you feel sleepy, go back and try again. Okay. You don't want to get miserable in bed also because that kind of sets up that, that conditioning also that the bed is stressful. Ah, I've been tossing and turning for three hours in bed. That's not yeah, good. Yeah. Get out of bed and reboot. Pillows and things like that, does, does it make any difference what, where or what way you sleep? I think, I think it? it does. That's a very good question, actually, because um, I think it depends on uh, what kind of sleeper you are. I think at the end of the day, uh, you, you, there has to be a good balance between your mattress and your pillow. In, the, you know, in essence, you want your spine to be straight. You don't want your neck to be bent you know, too far up or too far down. Um, if you're a side sleeper, you probably want a softer mattress, right? If you're a back sleeper, you could deal with a harder mattress. I always used to love harder mattresses, but then I realized like, I'm a side sleeper and my shoulder gets sore after a while and that makes me roll over a bunch. So for me, I, I prefer something as a side sleeper, like a softer mattress. Okay. Um, you then want to think about if your mattress is soft, you know, your body sinks into it, right? But then you want to make sure that your pillow is at the right height after that happens so that your neck and your spine are in a straight line. Because right. sometimes, you know, people will sink into a mattress and they got this giant pillow and now your, your head is like kinked up too high. That's no good either. You got to keep the airway pretty straight. And your bedroom, while, while we're in your bedroom, Boz, you know, your, your bedroom's got to be, it's a cave. You know, it, it comes back to like cave, cave people times, right? So you want to have cool bedroom, you know, the colder, the better. 65 degrees, you know, Fahrenheit, um, 72 for those that can't handle that kind of cold. Uh, it's got to be quiet and it's got to be dark. Because my missus has an electric blanket on her side of the bed and she sleeps in the center of the bed like a starfish, like this. Now, she's only like 5'7 or something and I'm like 6'3 and I should get rid of her, right? That's what you you're not into. She's got to go. 
She's got to go, man. It's really, she's fucking my sleep up. Seriously, I think she is. I'm going to say, Dr. Alex said, I talked to Dr. Alex today, and he said, you got to get your shit and go, because... I'm not yeah. sleeping well in this room at all, at all, at all. And I got to tell you, by the way, sleeping with squirrely bed partners is also tough. And a lot of people like have that, like you, you're only as good as the worst sleeper in, in the bedroom, you know? Yeah. So that, that messes things up a little bit. People snoring definitely messes, messes sleep up for everybody. I'm, I, I snore so bad that people from upstairs come down and go, like, we can hear oh, you. So you, you gotta, seriously, like, you got to check that out. Yeah. It's, and, and it's as easy as, like, you, you don't have to take anybody's word for it. Just record it yourself. Snore Lab is one. I think Sleep Cycle Alarm Clock lets you record your sleep at night. Listen to what you sound like. And what's and that to do with? Because I, I, I go through stages of it. I'm sure it's to do with weight. Oh, yeah. I'm sure yeah. when I'm heavier, I snore. And when I'm not, I don't. Absolutely. Absolutely. So weight on your body, it, adds, it also adds weight on your neck, and that makes your airway more prone to collapse. If you're exhausted, you're more prone to snore like a locomotive, like a like a yeah. Jurassic Park. Um, if you drank a lot of booze before bed, you're going to snore also. But the interesting thing about sleep apnea is that the more tired you are, the worse it gets. So that's an annoying catch-22. So it's like you sleep poorly, you're exhausted, and then when you clock out. And by the way, you know you're exhausted if you can clock out in like less than five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another thing. Everybody's like, oh, I, I, I have no insomnia. I fall asleep quick. There's people that like within two minutes are out. Um, the problem with those, with some people, and I don't know if you have this at all, but like you, then you woke up after five hours. Like, why didn't I sleep more? Yeah. And if you listen to, you should listen to your sleep at night. And if before five a.m. you sound Jurassic, then the problem is you're not breathing, and your your brain eventually just says, "Screw this, let's wake up, and we're done with this." Do you know what my biggest problem is? Right, this this is my day. I get up, I get up early with the kids, say seven. Get up, uh, do the kids thing, go to work, uh, come home about six, half six. I get up about an hour with my kids. Then I've got older kids, so I spend a bit of time with them. By the time it comes around to, to me time, it's probably half nine, ten o'clock. And I don't want to go to bed in the very... It's, I, I'm a grown-up, and this is my time to be me. Yeah. And my wife's yeah. going, like, I'm going to bed now. Are you coming? And I don't want to go yeah. to bed now because then that's my whole fucking day. It's playtime. It's playtime. What is this? Um, I, I heard it's like revenge can... bedtime procrastination is the term I heard used for yeah, it. Yeah, but is, yeah. that, is, that, is that a real thing? Is that a... I think the, the clinical term for that is like the fuck it's, I think. But at some point, <laughs> there's really a bit of just like, screw it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to get... I'm not... I slept... Whether I slept eight or four hours, I feel the same. To hell with this. I'm hanging out. Yeah. I want me time. But and, that's uh, very immature. Right it's a, a very immature way to look at it, right? It's not a healthy way to be. Yeah, but, but I hear you. I mean, I kind of love my me time too, you know? It's so essential. And you know, yeah, you're lucky if the kids are in bed by nine. Yeah. And from there, it's like, yeah, you're, you're kind of like, uh, how much, you know, how much time do you, how much time do you have in the evening to be on your own? Yeah. You know, and we need that. And, and these days we're so busy that we don't have that anymore. But yeah, people get revenge insomnia. There's a bit of just like, you know, to hell with this. It, it doesn't matter. I'll tough it out anyway. The problem is that there are long-term, long-term ramifications of it. And what are the long-term ramifications? Like, all, all is, it, is it death? Is it a lower life expectancy and things like that? Is that true? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it will lower your life expectancy. It'll lower your testosterone levels if you're a guy. It'll uh, it'll decrease your libido. It'll decrease your memory. It'll cause. It'll put you at risk of earlier dementia. It will result in a binge, more, more, more carb eating during the day, more binging, um, trouble losing weight no matter what you do because your body's in like some metabolic overdrive state because you're underslept. Um, raise your blood pressure, raise your cholesterol. Jesus. And a, it, 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 evolution kept us around 
And we do this for a third of our waking lives because it's important. And if you think you're going to buck against that pattern, you're, you're going you're gonna to get in trouble. And the problem with sleep is it's kind of a delayed feedback loop. You know what I mean? People, are, people will often say, well, I, I slept you know, a full night last night. I don't feel that much better today. So what's the point? The point is you got to continue. And I think anybody that's doing any kind of sleep experiment, trying to sleep more, you got to keep it up for about a week. And you got to take good, good measures your, yourself to see what's the, what's the benefit of that, you know? I'll, I'll tell a lot of people, I think how you feel in the afternoon is the best metric of how rested you are. Yeah. And the reason I say that, I think a lot of times people can wake up groggy, people can wake up like in whatever state, almost not the best time to assess how well you slept. But the degree to which you're clocking out, passing out in the meeting or like fading in the afternoon, the, the afternoons are really the canary in the coal mine about sleep. They'll tell you how exhausted you are. And it's normal for everybody to get a little drowsy in the afternoon. But some people, you know, and you've been there, you get the yeah. feeling sometimes your eyes are just shutting off shutting down you know yeah because i tell you i had a problem with two of my girls at home right i've uh, we've lots of kids but the two youngest right were getting moody and snappy and bitchy and they were oh, they, yeah. crying all the fucking time everything like crying over their laces and over each other and i was i was like just i had enough so we actually i, I had been letting them stay up an extra hour but i started putting them to bed an hour earlier and no screens, so they had to read in bed. So most of the nights they're falling asleep now with a book beside their the pillow. Man, they're different kids. Genuinely, they're completely different kids. Now they bitched and moaned for the first week, but the second week, they're actually great. But that, that's all down to sleep as well, right? I gotta tell you, we when I was at Stanford, we had these cases that used to blow my mind. We had moms coming in with like their, you know, their eight-year-olds, dads coming in with their eight-year-olds and, uh, the kid had terrible ADHD already on like Adderall, Ritalin to like control their behavior. You look in the kid's throat and they've got these like giant tonsils, right? As soon as you take out these tonsils, the kid comes back off, off all medications, feeling so much better, alert, behaving well. For kids especially, they say kids get hyperactive when they're underslept. Adults get less active. But kids are bouncy, squirrely, impulsive, and quite frankly, a little delirious when, yeah. they're, when they're tired, especially. And uh, I got to say, for, for any parents out there, you really got to screen your kids for sleep. You got to make sure they got it, they're getting enough. There's an annoying thing with kids also where it's like, if you get them to bed earlier, a lot of times I actually hear that they actually sleep later into the morning as well. It's like good sleep begets more good sleep. Yeah. I'd love to claim it was me that spotted this. It was my wife and she's the one who came up with all it's this. Brilliant, but though, but it was brilliant though. I couldn't get over what a difference it made. You know, what a difference it made um, to, to their... It, it, you, their mood and their happiness and their energy and everything, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. What are the biggest myths that you hear? What are the things you hear all the time you think, oh, that's absolute horseshit? Well, I, I think the short sleeper thing is, is that, I think that's a myth, to be honest with you. I think, there's, I think people survive. I think you can caffeinate yourself through the day and say that five hours is enough. But I think everybody that, that thinks they can sleep so little should, uh, you know, you, you got to just realize that statistically speaking, short sleepers are a very, very small fraction of the population people that are actually biologically able to do so. Um, the other myth I would think that, that I think is an issue, uh, there's people that think that, you know, so many people think that they'll eat the right foods, they'll go to yoga, they'll exercise, and sleep is also something that's like, yeah, whatever, it's like an afterthought. It's so essential, you know what I mean? And uh, I, I think anybody that's doing any kind of self-care needs to start with sleep. That, that's essential, I think, too. Yeah. Um, the other myth, I think, is alcohol for sleep, definitely not good. Yes, it will knock you out. No, it will not give you a good night of sleep. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's also worth remembering. Um, 
Yeah, and I think also for uh, the other interesting things I see, there's men that think they have like low testosterone and low libido and all that. Check your sleep before you do anything else. I think that's an important place to start. Really? And for anybody yeah. with uh, ADHD or any kind of memory problems or anything like that, check your sleep before you assume anything else. Yeah, wow. That's very interesting. John, John, John John's scribbling notes like I've never seen him. It's like he's studying for an exam. What, what's your, is that, John John? Are power naps a real thing? Are, are, you power naps? Yeah, are power naps a real thing, John John wants to ask? Yeah, I think, you know, so the, the, there's good data, power naps, you know, like, Keep it to so technically no nap should be more than 45 minutes and the further it is from bedtime the better you don't want to be napping anywhere near bedtime you know what i mean and then uh as far as power naps go 20 minutes ideally with a little bit of the, the true power nap and this is a secret but you can't do this past that's the problem if you do this past noon it's no good there was a cool thing where they there was an article about how navy seals fall asleep or how were the tricks they teach in like the navy for falling asleep and it had to do with something like uh you want to you want to go through your whole body. You want to like so you want to you know count some breaths, do some breath work. You want to like clench up and relax your your muscles a little bit. Do that, and then I think they wanted you to visualize that you're laying on a canoe, floating on a lake, watching the clouds go by, right? While doing a little bit of like square breathing. So what is square breathing? It's like you know inhale to five, hold until five, exhale till five. Okay. So that that's one trick that's worked. I, I think at the end of the day, whether it's laying with your legs up on a book or sideways or whatever, you got to do what's comfortable for you. If, if sleep is not coming anytime soon then maybe you don't need it yeah. you know what i mean and and then and then in those cases you're almost forcing oversleep and forcing the oversleep that messes up with your sleep at night that makes you more tired the next day then you repeat and do the same thing next day so so like I, this is going to sound really stupid like me walking the dog at night is it the earlier i can do that in the day the better maybe actually the, the walk at night's a good idea for you i think you get fresh air you, you're as long as you're not like you know swiping on tinder in the middle yeah. of the night walking around while your wife is laying in, in her bed waiting for you uh that, that's fine you know what i mean but you you want to like you you want to be able to the more <laughs> vertical you are during the night the better yeah yeah, you know, yeah during the day the more vertical during the day the better right oh. i heard you can clean your brain it's probably not the, the medical term for it but can you clean your brain if you sleep on your left or your right John John's brain is filthy. I'll, I'll just say that now. <laughs> it might be beyond repair, perhaps. Yeah, you, you, you run a, a large SIM card to record all it's those deep. photos in, in his sleep all that, pattern. All that um, good count. Yeah. So John John is right, though. Like, sleep does clean the brain. And that's the, that's the crazy thing. So they figured out that, you know how you have, like, lymph, your lymph system in your body? Yeah. So your brain has its own lymph system to clean up all the gook. Because your brain, during the day, throws, like, the biggest house party ever of activity and... and calorie burning, you know, meta metabolism, and that produces a lot of waste. And at night, especially when you're in deep sleep, it kind of flushes all that out. As a matter of fact, it flushes all, all it out strong enough that you can't even be awake for the process. And if you don't sleep, then your brain doesn't clean it out. And they've actually shown that some of the markers that people have with uh, Alzheimer's, uh, beta amyloid and a bunch of other like things that break down products build up in your brain, even in healthy people from a night of not sleeping. So that, that's not good. Um, Sleeping on left or right, probably no different. I think as long as you're sleeping. And speaking to that, you know, it's funny. I heard like that, you know, the new one of the new Apple watches, it doesn't even tell you like what stages of sleep you're, you, you're in. The most important thing to them is just that you're getting enough of it, which at the end of the day, I think is like the best advice for anybody. You don't need to overthink it. You don't need to say, oh, I'm not getting enough deep sleep. I'm not getting enough REM sleep. Most important thing is just get enough sleep and keep the hours regular, Yeah. you know, and check the quality. Make sure you're breathing at night and, and you're not, uh, not, not having happened yet.
But it's but it's a good like I just think it's fascinating that you said if you have any of these little ailments, whether it's libido or recovery or whatever it There's is, or your memory just always go things. to sleep. Like I think the the magic of psychiatry and sleep medicine, sure. There's like very overt things that are totally easy to catch. Yes, this, I've had patients fall asleep in my waiting room. You know what I mean? Like that guy is sleepy, right? Okay. On that subject, I should tell you by the way, there's a difference between fatigue and sleepiness that we should all be aware of. So fatigue means you're tired. Sleepiness means if I said, Boz, here's a bed, go to bed, you'll fall asleep. Okay. Right? And a lot of times people mix up the two. Um, anxious people can often be fatigued, but they're not actually sleepy. So I think all of us should think, think about that a little bit. Right. Um, yeah, so, so I think it's important to know those, those two differentiating things. But also all the subtle stuff that comes up with people with, uh, with insomnia or lack of sleep is, is pretty interesting. People are not themselves. They're more, uh, they, they'll rage more. They're more disinhibited. Um, and they'll binge more too. You know, you know when you know it's your fault. Like I've had good night's sleep. I know what a good night's sleep feels like. And the next day you just feel great. And then I know what a week of shitty sleep feels like. And then, Absolutely. like you, I would your kids there. Like my kids don't care. They don't give a fuck. They come in first thing in the morning. And you know, they're even at the weekend. They get up even earlier at the weekend. And during the weekend, they don't want to get up at all. So it's just trying to find that. But someday they'll be grown up and move out. That's that's all there is to look forward to. Oh, or they'll be teenagers, because one of the natural things that happens Oh, I to have teenagers. them. They're like vampires. They, they only come uh, in. Yeah, right. They become feed. vampires. Yeah. But do you realize that that's also evolutionary? Because guess what happens at night? It's like, you know, time to find a mate yeah. while everyone's sleeping, right? Like that that too. Thank you. And one of the, no, no oh, it definitely yeah. fucking won't sleep tonight. Thank you, Dr. Yeah, Alex, for that. No, well, you know I, what I, should be doing. I'll be but, sitting but in I'll the bed with binoculars the... just out the window, keeping an eye on Amelia. That's, um, yeah, yeah. But I gotta yeah. tell you, one of the most unfair things that the school system does to kids is like the further they go into you know high school, the, the earlier they gotta wake up. And I swear to you, there, there's been so many reports and, and, and they've done these studies where you let kids come to school an hour later and like their test performance improves. The kids that had ADHD don't need as many meds and they did better on their SATs or whatever national exams and, and they're, they're just like better when they slept a little longer. You didn't force them to wake up for an 8 a.m. class. Yeah. So that's a huge disservice that society is uh, is imposing on teenagers. It's a mess. Daylight savings time is another mess. I don't understand that. That proves the disconnect between you know society and the political system because I've never heard anything that so many people hated, and and it still happens. Nobody knows why. You know what I mean? Everybody's always talking about, oh, this is terrible. We got to change this. Well, aren't all of us like sometime in spring like, why can't we just leave it alone? I could have sworn we were getting rid of it and then COVID happened and then all of a sudden we're we weren't getting, getting rid of it. it. Always getting rid of it. Everybody hates it, but it's here. <laughs> it's going to happen again in six months. <laughs> Listen, Dr. Alex, man, it's so nice to chat to you. You're fascinating, man. You're fascinating. It was absolutely brilliant to finally, to finally get to sit and, and have a ch uh, chat with you. Really, really I, interesting. Yeah. I could talk to you for hours. But um, so I and especially, I know you have your kids there as well. So look, uh, you're very. Yeah, my, my kids are gone, so we. <laughs> come and go. But I got to tell you also, man, we've just barely scratched the surface because if you think sleep is interesting, psychiatry and all its more modest manifestations, I swear to you, man, I, I, I'm a believer. Like underneath every human being, there's a core operating system. There's like four or five factors that, sure, over time make you colorful, but at the end of the day, inside, those five things will determine a lot of how your life goes and how your personality is and so on. It is probably 
one of the most damaging things is to go without sleep. I've, I've one of one of our daughters at the moment has a young baby, and she's just you know it's, you know first time parent it's kind tough. of thing, and it's tough, man. Like they're finding it really tough. But it reminded me how hard that like how much of a strain that can put on a family and a relationship and all oh, those God. things. If your sleep is out of sync, man, it's um it's so important to sort it out. So I think you've helped people today, man. I think they'll love it, Alex. Listen, cheers. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Boz. This is this is awesome. Yeah. And, uh, happy, to, happy, happy to be here and thank you so much. Not this at is, all. You're, you're Not great at all. to be on your show, man. Now, didn't I tell you? It, it isn't like, it's just amazing. Like, it's just so important. Like, if you've got any ailments, you should. I don't. How do I sum up that one? Sure, what can I say that you don't know already? Look, let me just give you the facts. Listen. Sleep is an essential function that allows my body and my mind to recharge, leaving me refreshed and alert when I wake up. Healthy sleep also helps the body remain healthy and starve off diseases. Without enough sleep, the brain cannot function properly. Full stop. Right? This can impair my abilities to concentrate and think clearly, uh, even process memories. Most adults require between seven and nine hours. Children and teenagers, they sometimes need a bit more, particularly if they're younger than five years of age. Work schedules, you know, those day-to-day stressors, a disruptive bedroom environment, you know what I'm saying? Okay, I'm just joking. As if. Um, but uh, medical conditions, they can all prevent us from receiving enough sleep. A healthy diet, positive lifestyle habits can help endure uh, an adequate amount of sleep every night. But for some... Chronic lack of sleep can be the first sign of a real sleep disorder. If you or someone you love are suffering like this and you've tried everything else, you may need to go see a professional. Sleep is so important. What was it you told me earlier on about that survey? They made a survey in the Harvard class in like 1988 and they asked the students what would they want more, sex, money or sleep. And sleep was what they actually wanted more than over money and sex. There you go. Says it all. Right. So listen, uh, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. You can, of course, subscribe, share, rate. Nice five stars. Wouldn't go amiss. Uh, Review. You can even get in touch with me on social media. uh, On my Twitter at uh, Baz Ashmawi or on Instagram at Bashmawi. I'd love to hear from you guys. Let me know if you're enjoying the series. Um, And that's pretty much sleep well and good luck in the cup.